0: Jack O'Connor said don't ever read a paper you're kind of thinking why did he say that or what did he mean by that or does he rate him higher than me it opens up something that you do not want opened the only
1: thing inter players should be looking at or listening to is the football (laughs) podcast wherever you get your podcasts AM with Gillette Labs Get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now Vinnie Parks is with us to look back at a busy weekend of League of Ireland action um, Old Pal in the comments wants us to ask about Sligo Rovers they get little to no coverage always the Dublin clubs just massive three points away yesterday with ten first team injuries so we should start there really.
0: um, Yeah and who, who's that Old Pal I absolutely agree because I've seen him twice the weekend I was in Tallaght Stadium um, against Shamrock Rovers, really unlucky to lose I thought they were exceptional and then in Richmond Park yesterday um, what was a different type of performance but they were very very good yesterday in terms of um, beating St. Pat's 1-0 so no I was really impressed with them um, it's it's interesting because their uh, Penacker their centre half stepped out passed the ball to the right back uh, I'm going to struggle to pronounce his name now but there you go Uh Bran Flack from Sweden, who crosses it to Max Mata from New Zealand, who scores. So it's interesting because um, where the league is at and all of these things come into uh, lots of discussion every year where's the standard, where it's not. But we definitely need an influence of players from outside of the league. And Sligo's recruitment has been exceptional. Um, Liverack, um, someone said to me, he was half a yard quicker, he'd be outstanding. But if he was half a yard quicker, he probably wouldn't be playing in their league. But he is an exceptional player in their league. Hartman, who's out injured at the moment again, a German, um, has been brilliant for them. So Estonian is Laverick. So there's players from all over the world playing for Sligo and, and many other teams, by the way. But in particular, Sligo. And I think they've been exceptional and um, re- done really, really well. A uh, young manager there. Um, John Russell has done a great job for them and they're right in the mix for European spots. First clean sheet of the season as well. I think, it, and I think it's someone said nine goals for Max Mattis so far this season. So there are lots of positive things for Sligo to look at and to go forward. Like what's, the, what's the ceiling for them this season? Um, I think it's European football. I think getting back into European football and you know, Sligo, they, they were dealt a really difficult hand this weekend. So over the bank holiday weekend, they were sent up to Tala the way the fixtures fell and then up to Richmond Park on Bank Holiday Monday. But uh, to come out um, with the way they did, they were really unlucky, as I said, should have be Shamrock or should have got something out of the Rovers game, and then to go up to Tallaght or up to Richmond Park in a different performance, uh, but dug it out. Um, so I think European football is definitely there for them. Max Mathe has led the line for them in those two games brilliantly, and um, albeit the fatigue, I think Pat's probably fatigued
1: more than they mm. did in, in, as the game wore on yesterday. We said last week that these back to back games were going to be um, really interesting just in terms of teams' various abilities. This is a, a slightly random tangent, but Carl Denny had a great piece in Sunday Independent yesterday where he, he interviewed um, an athletics coach, an Irish athletics coach who's based out in the US, John Coughlin, who's training Olympic uh, gold medalists and. Uh, World Cup winners but he has actually been involved in the League of Ireland in the past and with uh, Andy McEntee at Meath and he says in Irish sports it's strength and conditioning and he, he would actually refer if it was conditioning and strength because the strength is less, far less relevant and he talked about being able to make people faster so when you bring up the right back um, you know, it's just a, it's a technique issue and that everybody can continue to work on their speed are we are we because that's one of those things that doesn't require facilities right it doesn't require a huge amount of investments
0: well you you said it was a tangent right so to go go off on one real quickly I went to watch Dublin and Derry my first ever inter-county game live Uh, for that reason to see what, what what was in this what could I get out of it and I think in, as a country in sport, I actually, uh, I didn't, I, I was listening to the paper review while I was out and about as opposed to reading that article, but I was listening to it yesterday morning going, yeah, he's he's so right. There's too much emphasis on um, physical conditioning. So in terms of size and bulk over speed, and, and it should be speed and power as opposed to power and speed.
1: Yeah. Wait and for and dates.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see it with some players, right? So. As the summer comes along, all of a sudden, they want to make sure their arms are decent and different things. And it's about getting the top of strength and conditioning coach. I remember one, one um, um we we played a European game and I stood in the tunnel. And Dundalk were known as a really big, big team. And we played um, the side. Uh, it'll come back to me. Uh, but we stood in the tunnel. I remember speaking to Danny Miller, who's uh, head of medical or uh, physiotherapist at the Irish international team now, saying... We're bigger than them, okay? Karabag. It was Carabag, big mm. European club. And he's like, Yeah, the two of us and I hit home and we had for 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 a long period after that we said We were we were actually becoming too big. Yeah. We need to come back a little bit. And you see that with a lot of European players that you play against now or are coming into the league, their frames are a lot smaller. And they're able to move over the ground I would say a little bit quicker and it's finding that that little niche or that little sweet spot where you've got someone right in the right moment and probably and and going back to Gaelic I would say to you coming away from that and this is right so this will probably upset a lot of people but I'm going to throw it out there stop bloody spending so much time in the gym and learn how to kick the ball out of your hands and move around the pitch quicker and I came away from it going why aren't you moving the ball quicker out of hands I spoke to a couple of GA coaches that I know, and he was like, I'm saying, I'd say some fella is gone. Statistically, if you pass the ball over 30 metres, mm-hmm. uh, the chances of keeping possession are down. Yeah. I'm saying, OK, so improve the quality of your kick pass. And I would uh, I'd say, in, in terms of the skill of, of Gaelic, as a football person, I could be completely wrong. I would say, if, if you got that fundamental part right and improved that, because the ball well, you can move the ball 30-40 yard uh, with a kick quicker so it is a, it is definitely something that's um, should be in, uh, watched by all people coaching in you sports. should
1: go later in the summer when there's more high stakes involved I think um, there might be better examples of, of teams who are more likely to be doing the thing that they want to do and revealing their full hand yeah no I felt I
0: felt to be fair I felt uh, Dublin really impressed me as the game wore on against Derry, It was in the final, in mm. terms of they were willing to kick it into forwards who were making more movements, yeah, and yeah. they looked like they did more set plays, for one of the better word than Derry at the time. But that's just a, that's just a as I said, uh, uh, an overview from someone who knows yeah, nothing about not, the game.
1: It turns out that Derry were um, uh, rope it up against a little bit that day, because they were much better last weekend. Yeah. But to go back to the point about um, the, the fitness, it's weekends like this where being properly conditioned really helps you, and you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that at the end of the weekend, uh, Summer Grovers are second, they've got Bowes up this week, they're the ominous uh, run that they've been on, yeah. they're reeling they're reeling Bowes in, and Bowes obviously had a big win yesterday, but. Um, couldn't get the job done to get the six points over the weekend that we talked about being really important for them.
0: Yeah, it would have given them a huge buffer like they'd mean seven points clear going into the game this week and putting pressure on Rovers to, we need to you know to win withdraw and we yeah. need to go and win. And that's ultimately what the concern is of of people and um when you look at that I, I was I so I sadly went from uh, Richmond Park over to Daily Park at five o'clock and then went home and watched Rovers and, um, and Derry live on telly so I got three games in yesterday now uh, for those wondering how do you get away with that I ended up doing the ironing while I was watching the Derry game so that's Fair enough, yeah. give and take in life <laughs> but um, the, the, the point about it, the, the two games back to back was that you could see teams Cork really struggled Yesterday, I have a bit of fear for them. You could see both uh, Pats and, and Sligo struggling in those second games. And our players, when you compare it to Championship, where you play 48 games or you play League One, League Two, the intensity that's required. And you would feel Shamrock Rovers have that in their strength and depth. And you look at the game against Derry yesterday, and I think, I think Derry starting 11. If, if the game was played or the season was played with just 11 players they're not far off Shamrock Rovers the strength and depth in Rover Rovers squad means the Friday Monday isn't a big deal in terms of changing people around and um, it looks like uh, I, I, I just thought they were exceptional yesterday and what's brilliant about them is people are talking about Jack Bourne who's been out, out like different class in their league but when I watched him against uh, Bowles a couple of weeks ago it was it um, was uh, one of one of the midfielders, it was Garrett, not Gary O'Neill, um, one of the central midfielders, Dylan Watts was outstanding. When I watched him down in Pats a couple of weeks ago, Dan Cleary was outstanding. And you just, there's always someone else and that's where you know you've hit a sweet spot as a manager, a league winning team where, yes, you've got your stars, whether it's, you know, Bourne and Bork, but when, when someone else is popping up every week with a man the match performance then you're like, yeah, this team is and and they look exceptional There was an expectation before the season with all due respect to how Bows are playing now that Derry will be the, the team involved in the title race with, with Rovers like a lot of mistakes from Derry in that game at the weekend would you expect that they they can still mount some sort of a this, challenge This is the challenge and I'm, I have to be careful not to sound bitter here but I really rate this Rovers team I think it's one of but when you think of when you think of the Gray Shells team the Dundalk team recently they've always been pushed and we, somebody needs to push this Rovers team and I don't feel anyone is close enough yet to push them. Now, whether it's, whether, whether they're, they're in the window, whether, like, missing Conley, um, Cameron Dummigan and Patrick McElhenney from yesterday's game is a hammer blow to them. I think Rovers could have dealt with three players of mm. that magnitude, but, but, uh, Derry can't, and this this Roberts team needs to be pushed, and also, not just for not just for the sake of the league and, and different bits and pieces, but pushed to make them even better again. Yeah, and I think uh, Cork pushed us onto another level, um, and also we pushed Cork on at different stages. But I remember, in 2017 season, we we had a real hangover from 2016 Europa League and different things. We started the season slow but Cork just won like 9 out of 10 games and you couldn't catch them and you need that and you need that to push it on and that's my fear about the league at the moment is this Rovers team are so far ahead oh, it doesn't feel like anyone's able to catch them mm, Not even Bows? Well well, look, Bowles have, you know, it's 13 games in, the four points clear. So this game on Friday is huge for
1: them. Yeah, yeah huge I mean, for them. it's like you wouldn't be terribly shocked if Bowles were to beat Rovers yeah. in, in this fixture of all fixtures. Yeah. The fact that they have the four-point lead would obviously, you know... It would yeah.
0: And, and the concern will be uh, for uh, Bowles, Bowles were completely outplayed against Rovers a couple of weeks back. So it's about what well, the make of the team how the balls approach it do they look at doing something slightly different in that game because they were they were outdone a bit more uh, expectation on Rovers maybe in this game particularly in So do they look at something slightly different where they try and counter, uh, counter attack against them and, but it's set up to be a brilliant game uh, atmosphere will be will be huge there'll be no spare tickets and it will be you would imagine a brilliant advertisement for the league again. So um it's 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 May. it's set up brilliantly that the the two biggest rivals in Irish football are now rivaling each other at top of the table which is which is perfect.
1: And there's a sustainability about this bow's evolution, like they're really well run, they're proper community focused. You know, this isn't um a manager uh who's it's not at the back of a genius manager who is going to leave. It's not the back of one great player who is going to get transferred. It's it's built slowly over a number of years.
0: Yeah, and it's also now um, the icing on the Icelandic cake is the likes of Pat Fanlon coming into the club. It is having you know Trevor Crawley's now working within the academy there. So they've they've done it in a really structured way that it is a slow burner and people will say to you Dundalk will dominate or um, Rovers will dominate the league for years and years and years and they may do but football doesn't work that way it cycles and it just takes one slip of a couple of bad signings here or there or something to go against you and then someone else will be waiting in the wings and we see that in world football like particularly leagues similar to ourselves whether it's in Scandinavia whether it's um, Um, Eastern European leagues you see like Bate Borsa for years and years and years being the ones that win their league and then all of a sudden they're not and
1: it's the same in um, in so many different leagues We talked last time you were in about uh, the funding issue and since then it has kind of taken off a little bit now it hasn't quite crossed over into the mainstream political debate Mm. just yet but it's in the ether and it feels like Football people are actually a bit pissed off by the fact that they've been spoken down to by Leo Varadkar. When you were out and about at the games,
0: yeah, we we we, we had um we had a, a bit of a discussion about it where we, we probably agreed to disagree on on the point in terms of us pitching against horse racing, but I've probably come around to the like I, I've spoken to Aidan and written actually um, during the week. And the first point is, I should have known by his dodgy jumpers, he's a balls fan, okay? So <laughs> I, I said he was a Pats fan. But um, I've spoken to him and um, I'll probably meet him over next week or two because there is people now who are interested in it. And it's not just tokenism or um, like pe- people looking to meet someone like me for whatever reason, just to get a big bigger insight into how to, to shape the argument. But um, I'll probably come around to the idea that... Um, it wasn't a bad thing that the, you know, the cage was rattled. Um, I was a little bit in fear that by doing that, we would have got the response we got, and, and whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. But I think um, I think for the particip- participation numbers in our soccer, I think we've got to get more. And, and I think like yesterday, yesterday in Richmond Park, the, the amount of. Uh, kids and families and different bits and pieces and the weather was good and as like we, we've got to give society something more football it, yesterday I, I'm not sure where League of Iron football is in terms of standard and quality and that's always a debate but what I will say is the games are really entertaining like uh, Sligo and patches yesterday was end to end both teams were really tired and they gave up chances and like, as a coach, you're looking at that going, should they be a bit fair? Should they do this? Should they play this system? But actually, as a as a supporter, you're up and down off your seat. Yeah. There's people travelling all over the country from Sligo to go f- Friday up to Talla and then up to Inchi core, And there was a huge support from Sligo again yesterday. So people are interested in
1: this. Mm-hmm. My instinct is that um, I, the fear comes from a position where the league was told that it was the problem child by the organisation whose job it was to grow it. And so there's a, a natural hangover from that. And that hangover has to be chiselled off. And the only way to do that is to get everybody together. And maybe maybe the right thing to do is not to go and attack the other sports. Maybe the right thing to do is to, to build a coalition of willing people. And some, some of them will flare off and go, oh, that's not fair over here. But if everybody actually yeah. was to realise yeah. that they need each other... Yeah. Does, a, does a revolution happening in our in soccer,
0: okay... Now where that is, I'm not sure. Okay, it's 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 bubbling and it's coming along nicely. Like going back to the to the for, the first point about Sligo. When you go to that ground, so people in Dublin don't look outside of Dublin sometimes. When you go to Sligo's ground, community built, uh, fan led, um, self funding, brilliant and a, and a grace, a decent stadium. I'm sure they got a certain amount of funding, so when you see what what people can do, and you can see where where they're taking it to, but um, the rewards are, are huge for 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 communities, for for footballers, and it's it's also then the knock on effect for 14s, um, 15s, 17s, 19s, and and women's football has had a huge growth with the League of One clubs. League of One clubs have always been hammered for different reasons. Uh, but the one thing they seem to have done well is the ladies' game. Now, um, you, you must give them credit for that, and people must give them credit for that because it's growing that sport. That maybe, maybe in in sixteen years' time or twelve to sixteen years' time, we're at regular World Cups with, with, with the ladies' game, and it will become of what was was done. That was the FEI led. It, don't get me wrong, but it's it's. Like Pats have just introduced it now. Rovers have, have done it recently. Um, uh, obviously, the strength was Shelburne over the years. But but so there's a lot of really good things happening. I just think we're tarnished. And and the thing you, you tend to hear is, so why would you give the F E I money? So look what they've done with the money before. Exactly, exactly. And that's so that's so degrading. And that's just like saying, well, we've we've given banks back money. we exactly given. just think, just change. get on with
1: it. If there's a long-term plan and, and the long-term plan shows a more healthy country uh, grassroots, better facilities for kids, more kids playing into their middle age, like th- this is a, a, a really easy story to piece together. But and it's so hard because we're we're actually so political as well
0: in Irish football that it's it's we we probably need a dictator. And we've had one, so we don't need a dictator. <laughs> but so, there, how do you explain that? What <laughs> I mean by that is, a dictator. we're 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 bloody shutting down a lot of the pitches now for the summer.
1: Well, I don't really so, understand this, right? Because we've just had the wettest. Was it the wettest February? Or the wettest March? Was February all dry and March was? was yeah. So, and then the, the next thing was March. Yeah. and so like you, there, there's no matches, and it's all everybody's away in the summer. Thinking whoever's around so should what? just play. Yeah, like if if a team of of fifteen
0: have three players missing. So what like just just play. <laughs> play. Play games. Like and, and the argument with what about parents if you play say Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday or Sunday, Tuesday, whatever. Three days a week. Well, they're probably gonna bring the kids somewhere that week, training Tuesday, Thursday in a match. So get them out on these grass pitches that the council are now going around cutting and different bits of pieces and so we do need some like real strong leadership with our game. It's it's as I said, I believe we're in the middle of a revolution. Where that is, I can't put my finger on it because sometimes we drag ourselves back. And and I think the part of the problem in Irish football is others oh, are kicking us and they're using uh, and yeah yeah okay I'll say it. I don't like saying it because it's but I have to make it personal. It is they're using the delay in a year to hold us back now. Where you're saying no, I checks and balances now no problem putting them in place and I think you know they've changed the board and they've done certain things so hold us to the highest standard
1: in the world no problem but actually give us a hand to grow the game and, and help society yeah and uh, treat us the same as everybody else Yeah, that's the, that's the bit where you start looking at the greyhound industry and going well I'm not really sure that you're uh, worth all the money you tell us you're worth but um, anyway we'll, we'll, we're definitely going to come back to that one last thing about Cork sorry they, they seem to be really struggling and actually UCD have the bones of a team who are causing difficulty for sides on a regular basis. Um yeah, yeah. Cork's a big fear for me in terms of, of the league. I think it's
0: important that we have a strong Cork in the league but they must stay there on the pitch and on Merit um they've they've since beaten Dundalk I think they've lost four in a row mm-hmm. and and you see they are one of them sides that they they go through um a three or four year cycle where they lose all the best players after two or three years where they've all gone through college they free to leave. Out you go and the new bunch comes in. And this, this bunch, people would say it's a poor UCD side, except But they'll gradually pick up points. And it's important that Cork have just got new owners. Um, it's so important to League of Ireland that we have a strong Cork. And I have a big fear where they're at. They need to go and spend in this window. And I think they will. But they got to get the recruitment right. Watch them against Bowles. And albeit the demand sent off, so the game went against them. They don't look like a mid-table Premier Division side yet so they need a hand and Colin Haley's Colin, not
1: happy either like with the
0: decisions and stuff even Rory Keating not scoring in six games is a bit of a concern when that's your your yeah, leading target man they, they've got uh, Tunde Afalabi and Rory Keating up there and he's got to maybe come up with a system that can get two of them into the team because goals will win your games the sending off uh, really bothered him last night but I think I think there was a decision just before that where they were through on goal and the referee blew up and uh brought back for a free kick for them on the halfway line but they go against you but like they were well beaten yesterday um Jordan Flores with another amazing goal. Mm. It, these goals go into full pack stadiums and they look even better but uh Cork Cork need to spend some money back Colin um and but they also need they, they've got a lot of players that just are a little bit a little bit short and they need to sign a couple to strengthen because you need Cork in there the Premier Division of, of League of Ireland
1: uh, One last question we were talking a little bit earlier on about um, the Spurs Liverpool game I know you watched that uh, Jurgen Klopp was I don't know, called I'll just say
0: we two Man United fans fans here this morning hammering Jurgen Klopp like it was just the worst bit of radio I've heard in the long time the two <laughs> of them just something. like just gone on a personal tack like he, you know? he used to be I think he used well, to be quite Alex enjoyable Ferguson for opposition was this, fans wasn't Alex He's Ferguson the most like loyal honest good man who never complained he was too old to run after for oh, officials though and he done it in a different way his words were yeah. <laughs> but um, now um, I spoke during the week about Liverpool and sorted of their recovery it, it's, it's fascinating because I was thinking about it um, we'd done a, a piece maybe 18 months ago, two years ago, with on about what made Liverpool great. And it was the midfield three. And it's funny, people are picking holes in their back forward at the moment. But actually, they've, like Henderson or Fabinho or Wijnaldum used to press so high up the pitch that actually teams couldn't get out. Yeah. And now there's just one simple pass breaking the lines. Mm-hmm. But Liverpool's uh, forward line, I would say to you, is as good as anyone. The challenge they're having is that midfield is just too open and it's it's shown flaws in their back four that had always been there but was never tested yeah. because you just couldn't get out against Liverpool and you couldn't break the lines with your passing.
1: I know there's a view that uh, the whole team needs loads of surgery but actually if they were just to spend all the money on the dynamism of a high-quality midfielder that might be a better way of spending their money than signing five players for £40 million and none of them actually bringing the level of energy to that midfield that they need.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think I think they can. O- you can overthink it. Like a, you, you look at their back, the way their back three are playing at the moment, and they're too far apart. Kanate and Van Dijk is too far apart, and uh, they're trying to come up with different systems. And I think I think they, they probably feel as a coach staff this is an opportunity to try something. You've nothing to lose. Tr- drop Trent in there, but again. Um, and and hey, what would I know? But they should have signed Jude Bellingham uh, when we done that piece two two years ago, yeah. eighteen months ago. Yeah. Um, and for that's when you go and you you go boom. And that's what to be fair to Ferguson was brilliant. That when he felt something was coming off, he just went straight in and yeah. and mm. topped it up. And if that meant a big name coming out, but there there is green shoots. But um, yeah, they, it it was it was a a fascinating game in the sense and and then you get scores and it was one of the great games and all this stuff but actually it was low in quality for a long period of time. The Spurs got into it because Liverpool were, were really poor
1: yeah. and just stepped off a little bit. But everybody's talking about the hamstring injury as opposed to the fact that they were 3-0 up and
0: nearly blew it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's not good enough. And as I said to you, they, they'll have coaching staff who'll be showing them like Canate and Van Dijk are 40, 50 yards apart to allow this new shape. And that's, that's OK. A lot of teams play that back three when you have the ball. But that means Robertson has to become... Uh, more central and Van Dijk has to be right in the centre of the pitch but they're too far apart but hey, you what would path, I know right? be tell- yeah, well, well, to be telling Jurgen Klopp anything but no, the point is they're set up wrong they need two world class midfielders of really high energy because Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott are just below the level and
1: while they can play for Liverpool for a long period of time it has to be with real strength the and maybe their squad players as well who knows for any good stuff thanks a million we've uh, Rovers Bowls look forward to later on in the week we'll talk about that again in advance OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now